Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Let's welcome our online campus. Could we? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. How's the 10 o'clock service? Good, good. There you are. Good, good. Welcome. I've been gone and I am glad to be back, but I was real glad to be gone too. Okay, I got to be honest with you. And I missed you. Not every day, but I missed you. And uh, people have said, well, are you rested? And I don't know about rested. That's kind of a come and kind of go thing. But I, my purpose was to decompress and get refreshed. And I really, really feel that. And uh, uh, my youngest son and I, we went uh, actually to Alaska. And uh, wow, God did some good stuff there. And uh, so we went and saw that and some time at the beach. So my vacation, it was kind of a mix of like vacation and sabbatical and so it was good in a whole lot of, whole lot of ways. And uh, very glad to be back, eager to be back. And so, um, and I'll tell you, one of the things that really helped me to rest and, and so forth was the team that we had in place uh, to minister to you while we were gone. And put their picture up real quick. Jordan, Ryan, Sean, and Nick, just a great, great job. And uh, one of them I didn't get to see because it was out of range. Uh, no Wi-Fi in parts of Alaska, you know, but uh, all went well. And so thank you for cheering them on. You guys are blessed. We have an incredible team. That's just four of our 16 pastors. We have our pastors, you know, covering everything all across the board. And so uh, we're real, real thankful for that. And thank you for being here. Thank you for making the adjustment to the uh, uh, service times. And just so you know, the strategy of this, we're going east. We're launching a campus September 16th. Uh, the Riley Arts Center. Uh, and so all that being said, we're now in a season where strategically we start to compress and get very efficient with our teams and, and uh, staff and everything else. And so bringing all of that in, making the adjustment time-wise now. And so we'll be a little compressed. And then September 18th, uh, uh, September 16th in 2018, we'll be, we'll be launching there. And so uh, thank you so much for working well with our service times and uh, it's exciting. Uh, let me mention to you that last Wednesday was first Wednesday. Where were you? It was 4th of July, and so we didn't compete with that. But we're having our first Wednesday, second Wednesday, this Wednesday, okay? So you want to be here this Wednesday. We're going to have a wonderful time, a little bit of a, a time of extended worship. Uh, I might even show you some pictures from some of my trips while we're here. I'm going to be sharing a message with you about safekeeping. There's certain things that are so vital. We must hold those things in our heart and treasure them because uh, the enemy would love to steal. There's incredible things I want to share with you on that. This is a game changer for you. And then also we're going to be praying for a team. We have a missions team that's going to be going to Cuba uh, short, uh, shortly. And so we want to pray for them before they go. And then next Sunday night, everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday night, we're going to have an, uh, an interest night at the Riley Arts Center. And so I want to invite you to come over for that. So if you're thinking about or already decided I'm going to be attending there, or you're going to be thinking about or already a part of the dream teams that are going to be working there, or if you just want to come and see what's going on, it is a fabulous place. God has really, really blessed us with the, uh, the arrangement that we have with the Riley Arts Center. And it'd be a great time for us to just put our, ourselves and our faith in that building 
Um, and why are we doing this? Do you know why we're going multi-site? Because other churches are doing it. <laughs> Do you know why we're going multi-site? Because people need the Lord. Come on, say it with me. People need the Lord. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, but our community is growing. And it's uh, poised for even more growth. And we want to be positioned. We believe that God is leading us. And he has certainly provided and given us favor and strategy and so forth. So all that is coming together. But I want to invite everybody to come out, be there. Let's we pack it out. Let's go ahead and pack the place out. And um, it'll be a great time. I'm going to share some vision with you. We're going to worship in that place. We'll have a good time to just fellowship together and for you to see it, whether or not you actually continue to attend here or you go over there. And uh, obviously not everybody can go over there, okay? So some of y'all stay here with me, and uh, it's, it's going to be a good, good thing. And we'll share with you how this will work as well, and it is a, it's an awesome, awesome thing. Well, you ready to get into the Word? I can't wait. So let's go ahead and, and dive in here. We're in a series called If We Were Honest, and this is really about questions. I believe it is good to uh, ask the questions that are in our hearts. You know, sometimes people live with questions and they never get those resolved. And it has been said, and I agree with this, that your faith will never go past your question marks. So if you don't believe or you question, I don't know if God hears us when we pray or not, then you probably won't pray. If you're not sure if God is a healer, a provider, or a counselor, what if you're not if you're not sure of that, if you got a question mark about that, you probably wouldn't uh, you know ask him for guidance, healing, provision, whatever it would be. It's important that we get some questions answered that are that are in our hearts, and that's what this whole series has been about. And so we started out with you know how do I handle stress? Anybody ever had stress before? How do I handle stress? How can I change? How many of you realize that? It's not everybody else that needs to change. It's probably us too, okay? You know, how do I deal with difficult people? How do I deal with fear? How do I deal with my past and guilt and so forth? And then today I want to talk about how can I hear God's voice? How can I hear God's voice? And so that, that song just fit hand in glove with, with where we're going today. And this is super important that we do hear God's voice. So the question would be, how do I hear God's voice? And for us to really launch off of that, I want to ask another question. We're going to get a lot of questions today. The other question would be this. How do I hear God's voice? So here would be the second question. What is it that I want to hear from God? I'm wanting to hear his voice, so what is it that I want to hear from him? Let me reframe that. What is it that I need to hear from God? And all of us need to hear from God. All of us need to hear from God. We need to hear from God. Here's what... I believe top tier that we need to hear from God, and it's this, his will. His will. I need to know his will. Everybody say, I want what God wants. And we'll end in a little bit saying the same thing. We need to know God's will. And when you know God's will, and when you live in sync, when you live in, in alignment with God's will, that is the best way to live. It's the best way to live. Why? Because God knows best. How many of you know God can outthink you? <laughs> what about you? God can out. The book of Isaiah says that his thoughts and ways, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so far are my thoughts and ways above your thoughts and ways. He's not putting you down. He's just putting himself up. And his ways and thoughts, his thoughts and ways are way better than mine. Don't want to hurt your feelings, but his thoughts and ways are way better than yours, too. Amen. 
So we need to hear from God. We need to know what is it he wants. How do I handle this? What do I do with this and do with that? And, and let me just say that you will never truly be happy, stable, fruitful, or blessed. And what's the result of that? So you can be what? Be a blessing. And ultimately, what does that do? Brings glory to God. You're never truly going to be happy, stable, fruitful, or blessed if you're not living in alignment with God's will. Because it just does not work that way. And so we're all on a journey. I'm on a journey. You're on a journey. Uh, And that journey is this. We're moving from where we are to where God wants us to be. And that journey is not always exactly straight for us. You know, when I was a little kid, I can remember uh, we had a big brown station wagon. How many of you know what a station wagon is? (laughs) How many know what eight tracks are? Okay, so we're in a station wagon. How many of you remember when we didn't have seat belts? Okay, it's that station wagon. And I can remember watching my mom drive like this. And guess what we were doing? Going straight. I'm serious. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like to go straight. And that's kind of how we try to go straight. We're kind of like that. What are you doing? Getting this right? You know? And that's, and that's us trying to get through this. We're on a journey. And sometimes we get it right, and a lot of times we don't get it right. But it's that adjustment to keep getting back in place, keep getting ourselves focused back in the right direction. And knowing the will of God is going to help us incredibly with that. Can I get a good amen on that today? Look with me in the book of James, chapter 4. It says, now listen, you who say, now watch this, it's very generic here. Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. And it says, why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You don't. Who's going to win the, the soccer? What is it called? World Cup. World Cup. Who's going to win the World Cup? You don't know. You know if, if you knew, you could gamble on it and win big and tithe. So, okay. Disregard. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You don't even know. You, some of y'all are thinking about lunch. Hold up. When I get the rest of time, I'm going to order this. Well, what if they're out of that? You don't know. You don't know. You don't know if they're good chefs, not even in today. You know? What? You don't know. We don't know. What is your life? Now, watch this. You are a mist. You're a vapor. It's like steam that appears for a little while and then vanishes. How many of you we were just in seventh grade. <laughs> what happened? Just, just goes by. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. If it's the Lord's will. What are we after, folks? We're after God's will. Say, I want what God wants. And you want what God wants because God knows better. God knows better. Look in 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, the world and its desires. And let me just clue you in this world, this word in the New Testament Greek is not good desires. These are bad desires, okay? These are evil desires, carnal desires. The world and its desires pass away. That's all going to fade and go away. But whoever does the will of God lives and abides forever. So it's the will of God that we're after. And then think about your life as you go. You have 
Big decisions, you have little decisions, you know. Who's going to be my friend at recess? Uh, what sport am I going to play? And then later on, am I going to go to college? What college am I going to go to? What, what's my major going to be? And then after that, what job am I going to take? What career path am I going to try to go on? Who am I going to marry? I think I'm going to marry them. When am I going to marry them? You know, and then uh, are we going to have kids? How many kids? When are we, uh, we going to have kids? How many of you know you're never ready to have kids? Never, you're never fully ready. You just, you know, God meets you there. And then it's like, uh, do we buy? Do we rent? Do we get a dog? Do we get a cat? You know, and, and we have big questions and we have little questions. And I think we would do well. And notice that, that passage in James, it talks about big things and little things. We'll do this, we'll do this. And it talks about timing. It talks about location. It talks about uh, what you're doing and why you're doing it and all of these things. And I want what God wants. I must have the will of God or I'm going to end up in the wrong place. Can you say amen on that today? And the good thing is we have some help. And our help is Jesus the shepherd. He reveals himself in John chapter 10 as our shepherd. And he's not just a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He's a great shepherd. And he does this, what a shepherd does. He feeds us. He guides us. He leads us. He protects us. And he said this, now don't miss this, in John chapter 10. He said, my sheep, in this analogy, he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. He said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. They respond to my voice. He said, and another, uh, the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. Do you know what that is saying to us? That every one of us, if we're his sheep, we have the capacity, we have the ability you have the capacity, you have the ability to be able to hear and know God's voice and to follow him. And where is he trying to lead you? Into his will, into what is best for us and for you. Amen. And so we certainly want that. Well, this message, I want to divide it really into two parts. We'll do the first part kind of quickly, and that will be the theology, theology part. So we want to get a biblical framework for the will of God and then we want to do application, everybody's application. Because I just think it's foolish to just give theory and theology and so forth and go, okay, go think about that. I, we need to know what to do with this, okay? We need to know how to apply this. And we're going to do as they say, we're going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. Do you know what that means? It means everybody can get to them. How many of you know there's some things, special chocolate, things like that, when my grandkids come over are not on the bottom shelf, Okay. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they kind of hide those, put those away, out of reach. But we want to put this, and thank God he does this. This is on the bottom shelf, so every one of us can get to this. Listen to me again. You have the ability, you have the capacity to hear, to know, to follow the voice of God, and he will lead you into the best place. I didn't say life perfect because we're not in heaven yet, but I want God's will as we travel through this life. Come on, give me a good amen on that. All right. All right, let me, get, let me get something here real quick. Golf club. Hold on, let me strike a pose. Okay. How many of you are golfers? Really? Golf is my life. No, it's really not. So I gave all my stuff away. I had to borrow this back, okay? 
Okay. How many of you, sometimes you go to the golf course and there's people who got all the stuff, they look like a golfer, and then you follow them and go, they're not a golfer. <laughs> that's, that's me, okay? All right. I asked the golf coach one time, I said, what is wrong with my game? He said, you're standing too close to the ball after you hit it. So, so he said, do this, take, take two weeks off and then just quit. So, so that's me. But I, I want to show you a, an analogy, a metaphor here using golf. But what are we talking about today? We're talking about the will of God, God's will, okay? Well, look at this. Go ahead and show you this picture. And so this would be, you know, standard hole on, on a, you know, would represent a hole on a golf course. Some people play 18, some play nine. I always thought it would be good to just play three, just three holes. It takes too long. It just takes too long. I lose interest. That's probably part of the problem. And so let's walk through this. And if you know this or don't know this, again, we're talking about the will of God. Okay. So you have the tee box and normally there's a couple of those depending on your uh, ability, you know, and how far you can actually hit or drive the ball. And the goal would be is you want to get it out in the fairway. You want to get it in this zone. What are we talking about again? The will of God, okay? So I'm wanting to get it out in the fairway in this zone. And this is some pretty nice grass. This is way better than my grass in my house. Actually, I was walking around in my yard. We have about seven kinds of grass in my yard. And so um, right now it looks great because everything's green. But in the fairway, um, and they keep this mode, and if you, uh, you know, if you hit it, you know, you dig a, a divot or a hole in that. There's even stuff on your golf cart so you can fill that back in and uh, reseed. Uh, got to where when I was golfing, they would put a pallet of sod on the, the back of the cart. So ideally, you want to get it here. And where you're headed, though, is, is this green. And this, car, this is like carpet. This is the best grass, so smooth. And they tend to this big, big time. And then right here you have the pin or the flag and a hole. And what you're wanting to do is start there and get all the way down here. And again, what are we talking about? We're talking about the will of God. But sometimes along the way, notice we've got what is called the rough. You know why it's called rough? Because it's rough. It's rough. It's a different grass intentionally. And, and they don't mow it and it grows up and it's thicker. And, it's, it's, um, and, and here's the good thing about if I hit and land in the fairway... I can find the ball. You can see it. It will, it will lie well, and you can find it. You can see it. There it is. That's good. But if you get it over here to try to find it, it's what? It's rough. And you can't find it, let alone once you do find it, then it's hard to hit. And then sometimes it's behind a tree, or you can't, you know, you got to go back this way. Or you've got bunkers and hazards and traps and all kinds of things around this. You can even go out of bounds. And what are we talking about again? We're talking about the will of God. And the will of God is much, much like this. And sometimes you hack the ball, you slice the ball, you hook the ball, or you can even whiff. Do you know what whiff is? It sounds just like its name, whiff. You just, you just missed it, Whoosh. whiff. <laughs> and, and so in the will of God, the idea would be I want to keep it in this zone. I want to stay in the fairway this whole journey as I'm trying to get up here and get there as efficiently as I can. 
because we don't want to just zigzag all over the place, lose a ball here, lose a ball here. Somebody said that golf balls are like eggs. They're round, they're white, you can buy them by the dozen, and you're probably going to have to buy some more next week, okay? And so it's like this, but the will of God, ideally we want to stay right in here so that we can get all the way and we want to be as efficient as possible. Amen. Now, let's look at the will of God now. Three, three levels here. We've got the sovereign will of God. Everybody say sovereign. sovereign. So we have the sovereign will of God, and this is what God is doing in the earth. This is God's big plan. This is God's big timetable. This is the overarching uh, big story that God is doing. So you have God's big sovereign will. Secondly, you have the moral will of God. The moral will of God is what God has said in his word. And let me remind you that God's word is God's will. What God says is what God wants. God doesn't joke or tease or exaggerate or cave in. You know, God's word is his will, and they always, they're always congruent. They always connect together God's word and God's will. Third, and here's where we need to get, is the personal will of God. I need to know what do I do about this and what about that. And so this is, this is what God desires for my life. And that's why I had you said, and I'll have you say it again, I want what God wants because God knows better. His way is best, so I want this. Well, watch this carefully how this works together. The sovereign will of God, what God is doing in the earth, what he's doing for all time, the big, big picture, the moral will of God, what God has said in his word, and then the personal will of God, what God desires for my life. Everybody say my life. Because I want to know what God wants for my life, for this situation, for that problem, for this confusing thing, for that blank that is not filled in, for the, the trouble that I've gone through, the tragedy that happened in my life, the thing I'm planning and, and excited to prepare and to do. I need to know God's desire, I need to know God's will for my life. Amen. Amen. So watch this. The better that I know the will of God, and the more that I'm aligned with the moral will of God, then the better, the easier I'll be able to discern the personal will of God for my life. Let me go over that again. The better I know the sovereign will of God, and the more that I align myself with the moral will of God, then the easier it's going to be for me to discern and understand the personal will of God for my life. Let's go back to the golf course again. You know, if I keep it in the fairway, it's going to be easier for me to find my next shot. Y'all with me? If I, if I stay in the fairway, if, you know, I can't just say, I know what God's doing overall, but I want to do what I want to do, you're going to end up in the rough. You're going to end up in the water hazard, the sand trap. You're going to end up out of bounds, and that next shot's going to be hard if, if not impossible for you to make, and you're going to zigzag all over the place, the best way to do this, know and understand the big will of God. Align your life with the moral will of God, his word, and then you're going to be able to easily, much better, be able to see, discern, understand, and apply God's personal will for your life. Amen? Now, two questions to ask, and I recommend that you ask these daily. I recommend that you ask these early daily. And here's the two questions real quick. A lot of questions today. Here's the first one. What am I doing that I should not be doing? Everybody starts looking straight ahead at that one. (laughs) 
What am I doing that I should not be doing? And here's the second question. It's like the first. What am I not doing that I should be doing? Okay, look at me real quick. You know the answers. You know the answers. Come on, the things you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, you know. You know. And the things you're not doing that you should be doing, you know. Come on, you know. But you need to ask yourself, but you need to ask God. Because if you could have fixed this and straightened you out already, it, you'd be all fixed up and straightened out. You'd be a professional golfer, so to speak. So what we do is, what am I doing that I should not be doing? And that may be how you're spending your money. It might be how you're treating people. It might be things that you're putting before your eyes. It might be secret sins. Pastor Nick kind of talked about. Might be uh, some relationships that are not not healthy, not holy. Maybe you're going places, watching things, partaking in things. It's like, you know, I know I shouldn't, but you need to get rid of that but. Holy buttectomy. Okay, just get that out of it. Don't make it more than what I said it was, okay? And then the other question, what am I not doing that I should be doing? You know, for some of you, it's a strong commitment to your church or to tithe or to serve. I know I should be, but what did I tell you about that one? And so there's so many, I should forgive that person. I should work, I should be more kind to my spouse or whatever it would be. You know what you're doing that you should not be doing, you know what you're not doing that you should be doing, but don't just present it to you. Present it to God early, daily, and God will help you to kind of prioritize and say, hey, guess what, Gilligan? We're going to work on this one now. And he'll grace you and he'll help you and he'll give you wisdom so you can make those adjustments in your life because it's essentially what, what the psalmist David said in Psalm 139. He says, search me. Know my thoughts. Know my heart. See if there's any wrong way in me, any wicked way in me, something that's off in me. Find that and then lead me in the way everlasting. What do you think the way everlasting is? It's the will of God. It's the best path for us. And that's what God wants for us. Amen. Uh, there's another golf term, and it's called mulligan. It's kind of like Gilligan. Okay? Mulligan. And it means this. Do-over. You get a do-over. You get to replay it. And here's the great thing about it, too. It doesn't count against you. Guess what? God is not only rich in mercy. God is rich in mulligans. Anybody thankful for mulligans? I can't tell you the times. I, I'd be playing golf with somebody when I did play golf. I'd be playing with, some, uh, with somebody that was better than I was, which is every time. And, uh, and I'd mess something up, and they'd say, I'd just, just do it again. Just go ahead and do it again. And you know what? That's good. And guess what? God is good that way. You know, there's sometimes we whack that ball, and it's off in the water. You know? And God says, I'm giving it. Come on, my mercies are new every morning. Come on, line up. Adjust yourself a little bit. Come on, look, keep your eye on the ball. Keep your head down. You know, God will help us. He'll adjust us so that we can do better. But I'm so thankful that he's rich in mercy. I'm so thankful that he is patient with us. Kind and generous to help us to get in and stay in or get back in the fairway so we can get where we need to go. Amen?
All right, look with me in 1 John. 1 John, chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, say, that's me. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Now, trust me in this. I think this, we can apply this here as well. Beloved, do not believe every impression you have about things. But test those things to see if they're from God. So sometimes we have an impression, a desire, motivation, an inspiration on something to do something, to act in a a certain way. And you know what you need to do? You don't just need to give in to every impression you have. I think you need to test them. And you need to test them to see this. Is this what God has? Is this what God wants? Is is this from God? God. So what I want to do real quick is I want to give you six test questions so that you can test. And this, everybody can do this. So you can test things so that you can hear the voice of God, so that you can know the will of God, so you can get in the fairway, get back in the fairway, stay on the fairway, so we can actually get, uh, have an efficient game and end up the right place. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, here we go. We're going to go through these quick. Number one, am I in a right relationship with God. So really what this is saying is, I'm, am I in the rough or am I on the fairway? You know, am, I, am I out of bounds or am I where I need to be? And I think it just makes sense. The closer you are to God, the better you're going to be able to hear him. Okay? So the closer you are to him. So if you're not close to him, guess what? You can come close to him. He's calling all of us to come closer and closer to him. And and I'm spending a moment on that because I sense in my heart right now, there's some people here today say, I could never be close to God. And God is calling you close to him. You can come close to him. Yeah, but I've been off in the rough and I've been out of bounds and I've been in the sand trap forever. Well, you know what? Come on. God is calling you to himself. And the first thing is, am I in right relationship with? with God. Um, This is a beginning point. Look with me in in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're going to have to change how you think about things. And then, come on, come on a little more. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So get close to God Renew your mind to God's way of thinking about things instead of just the way the world thinks, thinks about things because that's constantly changing. It's not the highest way. Get God's way, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is for my life. Second is this. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Come on, read that. What does the Bible say? And the Bible is God's word, and God's word is God's will. In Luke chapter 21, verse uh, 33, it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Psalm 119, verse 89 says this, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's not going to change. It won't change. And so God's word does not change. Find out what the Bible says, and don't try to change what the Bible says says. Our culture is constantly trying to opt out. 
When sin entered the world, it was really a question, well, did God really say that? He didn't really mean that. And guess what? That same thing still happens in our world today. And then, you know, we're wanting to change God's word. Don't, because that's the highest and the best way. And the Bible warns us, don't take away, don't add to. And Isaiah chapter 5 says, whoa, and it's a huge warning, whoa, to anybody that would call good evil and call evil good. Don't get this all messed up. Just go with God's word. We follow God. We don't follow culture. We love culture. We love people. And look at me. We're kind to everybody. You didn't hear me. We're kind to everybody. And kindness is not endorsement. Kindness is our call. And we're to be kind, but we have the standards of God's of God's word. And then some people limp and hobble around with this. Well, God said I can't do that. And the Bible says I have to do this. And you need to grow up. <laughs> because the commands of God show us what gives us life and what takes life away. You know what that sounds like to me? Love. I've told you time and time again over, over the years. We're almost 29 years old as a church. I've told you over the years of raising my five kids, I just didn't let them do what, everything they wanted to do, everything they felt like doing. And when we unloaded out of the minivan, because they didn't make station wagons anymore, <laughs> unloaded out of the minivan, I didn't just let them run through the parking lot of the mall or the restaurant or wherever we were. But I feel like it. Don't hinder my freedom. <laughs> no, I said, white line. Stay right there. Why? Because I loved them. And by telling them don't do something actually saves their life. And so when God says don't or he says do, the commands of God show us what gives us life, what takes life away. And the word of God is going to help us to see the will of God. Thirdly, quickly, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Some of you had the bracelets, W-W-J-D. What would Jesus do? Look in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. You need to just kind of take a moment and imagine, what would Jesus do? You know, because sometimes you need to, I feel like saying this. I feel like doing this. And you know what? You need, what would Jesus do? Well, I don't know what Jesus would do. He wore sandals everywhere. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Ask him. It's one of the reasons I am constantly in the Gospels reading. I'll read just a little passage in the gospels every day i've done it for 30 years just because i want to follow jesus around i want to see how he acted when he actually walked walked around and handled people and things and and uh you know what would jesus do number four have a sought godly counsel have i sought godly counsel look in proverbs 11 proverbs 11 14 where there's no counsel the people fall but in the multitude of counselors there is safety psalm 1 warns us don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't walk in ungodly counsel. It says you're blessed if you don't, implying you're blessed if you walk in godly counsel. You need to have safe people in your life, godly people in your life. You don't just wander into the mall. Excuse me, could I ask you a question? Could you give me some advice? You don't want to do that. You want to be in a healthy church you need to be in a small group. God uses his people. God uses his ministers to help you. And you can bounce things off of folks so you can get some good godly counsel. And this has happened to me, and I know it's happened to you too. You're thinking of doing something. You're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking. And as soon as you speak it out loud, you realize, ah, that's a dumb idea. Never mind. 
And so godly counsel helps us as well. Next is this. Do I have a sense of peace? Do I have a sense of peace? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Isaiah 55, 12 says, and you shall be led out with peace. Colossians 3, 15 says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And it's really to help you make the decision. And so peace is a lasting peace if it's the peace of God. You don't do impulsive things. Some of you have debt in your life now because, well, I feel good. You feel good about it? Yeah, me too. All right, we're, we'll buy it. And the next morning, you're like, what have we done? Right? You know, there's wedding chapels in Las Vegas. You seem sweet. Want to get married? Yes. And then the next day, what have we done? Right? You, peace. Everybody say peace. It's the peace of God. And God puts that on the inside to help us to know. But you don't rush it. And if somebody says, you better buy it now. Sale goes off at 530. Well, God's my provider, and so if it's not 5.30 today, if I'm not ready, I'm not ready. There'll be the timing on it. God will show you. And I believe this. Every big decision needs to go through some cycles, some cycles of rest. You need to sleep on it. You need to let your emotions roll a little bit on it, and you need to eat. I thought I'd get a good amen on that one. There's a saying that is called halt, halt. You never make a decision, H-A-L-T, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Don't make a decision in that way. But look for, as one of the factors, one of the tests, look for the peace of God. And then finally, number six, is it my will or is it God's will? Look in Matthew 26, verse 39. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's about to go to the cross. He's about to go through the pain. He, was, he knew the weight of redemption more than you and I would ever know the weight of what he went through. And he says, oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Listen, you don't want to just ask God to bless your will. You want to find his will. You need to sort it out. You need to take some time on this. You need to wrestle it to the ground and realize, you know what, that's not God, that's me. Or to realize, you know what, that is the will of God. And you want to want God's will. Everybody say it with me. I want what God wants. Come on, say it again. I want what God wants. And for every situation of life, don't just make your decision. Don't just ask your buddy. Don't just, just whatever. You, I want what God wants, and it is worth running it through the test to find out these things because that is the best way to live because God knows what is best. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Hey, real quick. Everybody stay put with me. Stay put with me real quick. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Listen, if you've not given your life to Jesus... You need to do that. Life without Jesus just doesn't make sense. You need Jesus in your life to help you in this life. Then one day when life is over, you're going to need Jesus. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the only one that can forgive you of sins. He is your access to your Father God. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life, not religion, but Jesus, a relationship with him, if you've never done that, I want to lead you in a prayer in just a moment to do that. There are others of you here today, and uh, you'd say, I have a relationship with God, but I know things aren't 
where they need to be. I'm, I'm off in the rough. I'm off in the sand trap, and I, I want to get, get things right. If either one of those would be you this morning, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, but if that's you, and if, if honestly in your heart today you'd say, Pastor, I want to pray today to receive Jesus or to get things right with the Lord, if that is you in this moment right now, go ahead and lift your hand right now. Lift your hand right I'm looking across. Go ahead and lift your hand. Lift your hand. Now, an usher's going to come put a card in your hand. Don't worry about that card right now, okay? Don't worry about that. I'll talk about that in just a moment. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me right now. Father God, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your care for me. Jesus, I need you in my life. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Give me a home in heaven one day and help me in this life right now. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, everybody look at me real quick. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, it counts. You're a child of God. You're in the family of God. You're right with God. You'd say, well, I thought it'd be harder than that. Listen, Jesus did the heavy lifting. This is the beginning of this. And then you start to grow in a relationship. Now, if you held up your hand and you got a card, let me talk to you about the card just real quick. And if you didn't get a card, I'll tell you how to get one. All we want with the card is for you to put, there's just minimal information we want. The only purpose for that information is so we can get some information back to you. That's all we're going to use that for. And so if you'll take the time before you leave, fill that out real quick. And very quickly, we're going to get some information to you. What's that information about? It's how to continue to walk in that relationship with God and grow in that relationship with God. If you didn't get a card, well, if you got the card, fill it out. And on your way out, there'll be ushers at the door. They'll have a bucket. You can just drop it in there. They're not going to make a big deal about it. They're not going to go, yoo-hoo, got another one over here. They're, they're not, not going to do that. Just discreetly put that in. If you didn't get a card and you want one so you can get that information, they'll have those as well. And this is an important thing. So please follow all the way through on that. You're going to be glad that you did. And I'm very proud of you making that decision today. Amen. Well, go ahead. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your people. Order their steps, light their path. Let every one of them know that you're speaking to their heart, guiding them to show them the best way in life. I pray blessing upon them today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Peace. You're dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.